Good morning. It definitely is morning. And it's kind of good, but it's kind of cold. If that's the complaint, only complaint I have today, I'll be happy. Look at Dallas. What's the temperature in Dallas? That's true. Jay, tell me what the temperature is in Dallas. <laughs> Cold is not a temperature, Vicky. It's a feeling. Are you serious? Oh, I thought I wasn't going to get colder till tomorrow. A high of 24. Bless you people in Dallas. We're having a heat wave. Yeah, it's like 50, 48, 50, something like that. 52. All right. I love Florida. I love Florida. I have been laughing at the people on YouTube that are out there chasing snow. I was telling you about it yesterday. So what, what are you doing? Chase, why would you do that? And then this one guy said, I like chasing snow more than I like chasing tornadoes. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> well, chasing snow is really relaxing and kind of casual. I'm like, no, it's not casual to me. I'm looking at the road going, dude, how are you staying on the road? I remember the first time I had to drive in snow. It totally freaked me out. It was way back when I was like younger and stupid. <laughs> Just kidding. It was it was very nerve-wracking. I don't care what you think because you've done everything. In the snow, in the rain, in a tornado, you've done it all. With the goat on you, so don't don't I don't want to hear it. <laughs> okay we're going to pray because yes so Lord thank you for this day and even for the cold it's going to be okay Father thank you for your word for your spirit that guides us for your son that has delivered us and continues to deliver us Lord may your glory be around about us in every way Father, may my words just be your words, and that I just stay focused. This is mostly my prayer, Lord, that I stay focused on you and nothing else. Lord, please be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. So, talking about a cornerstone today, that's the title of our little lesson here. And I learned some things about cornerstones that I didn't really know. In a true definition of cornerstone, it really is that first block that you put down, that first stone that you lay. Um, and it's not necessarily at the corner. However, <laughs> modern definitions of cornerstone when I say that, I mean Webster's Dictionary says the cornerstone is, you know, the stone that's, that forms the first corner and that attaches one wall to the other wall. And lots of people make big deals about cornerstones and have ceremonies and dedicate the cornerstone to a certain person and all those kinds of things that really don't have a lot to do with Scripture. I don't know. One thing I did learn about a cornerstone is it doesn't have to be at a corner, even though it says that. What it's saying is this, is this stone is where this building is being established. And this stone is, is in the position that it needs to be in for that building itself. So you can have a, a cornerstone be the center of one of your walls, and that's, where, that's the point that you're building, you're building around. That's the place that is in the correct position for the building, for any kind of structure, really. Because if you think about when we go to the beach, us beach people, I can talk about this kind of stuff, and we put up our tent. Most of the time, the direction of our poles is basically facing the water. But there's times when we have to put that 
front pole in the right place so that we can deal with the wind. We can deal with the gusts of wind and all of that. So it's kind of the same thought process when it comes to the tent. That that pole is that is that like the cornerstone. This is the tent. We're not going to let it blow away. And this is the correct position for what's about to happen. So the same thing can also be said for us, right? We are a structure that God continues to build. We, we're, you know, we have, I'll say, bones physically, but we have all of these pieces and parts that God puts together. But there's a cornerstone that we have, and that that is our position that God needs us to be. We know the cornerstone is Jesus, and I took me. It didn't take me too long, but it took me a couple minutes to find that scripture where it actually say, it states specifically that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. So, cornerstone in in scripture in the definition, I mean, talks about like an angle, a certain angle, and I thought that was kind of interesting too for the definition. But really, it's those places. A juncture points, those those places where there's a turning. So like we have a corner there, so that makes the wall turns that way, a corner there where the wall turns that way. And when you think about that as a cornerstone for Jesus, or or you know, God is that, then you see that He He's built every piece. He has direction for every corner, for every aspect of what He's built within us. So that we're perfectly and wonderfully made. Now, some of us might have more corners than others. Would that be me? I'm looking at Vicky to see if she agrees. <laughs> just, just kidding with you, Vic. Um. So, I mean, that's that's how things are. Think, how about your heart? I mean, it's the same part of your structure, but your heart can have a cornerstone. So, when you think also about a cornerstone. It's something that is. Um, it's something that you you find you believe is very important. So before I found God, because that's gonna say God found me a long time ago, right? Before I really understood about God or even gave Him more of a thought than than our sorry our Catholic upbringing or at least my Catholic upbringing. There was something that was my cornerstone. For me, it was family at that point. And then, you know, I don't know what happened. Friends, and then, I don't know, sports, and then, and then, and I, it didn't, God did not become that cornerstone for me till later on. And even today, I still wrestle with which cornerstone am I establishing my house on? How, where, all right, no, no, don't, 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 I don't struggle that much with it because Jesus is my cornerstone. Father God is the cornerstone because I am his son. I mean, and that's for all of us. We are his house. Your body is your temple. We say all those things, but you are the house of the Lord. You are a house of prayer. And same thing goes for this church. So this church also has a cornerstone. What was, what was it established on? What was that important foundation that, that he, he gave for this house? There's a couple of things, but I know that that Larry is is part of that. Pastor Larry, to me, is part of that cornerstone makeup. God, yes, but the but the characteristics of the pastor has an, a definite impact on the church. And I'm not necessarily talking about the building. I'm necessarily talking about right the people. So you think about it. What do, how do we build houses in Florida for the most part? We have a north, south, east, west. I'm guessing it's the same with other, other cities. I mean, other states, I don't know. But we, we build things facing east. We build things facing west. This, this whole church could have been sideways. Why, why wasn't it? Why, why, isn't our, our, why isn't it facing that way? I don't. I really don't know. Anybody have construction experience? Know why they do that? The sun, sure, but we know the sun moves. The sun's rising over here this this morning. So what? So that's. I mean, there's there's, and that's that's a 
good as reason as any, Carmen. No, I'm, I'm with you. We need, to, we need to allow, which we do, allow the Lord to direct us at, at our positioning. We, we understand that. But let's talk about how we are the cornerstone of life here on earth, of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. How the Lord uses us to speak at each juncture point of things that are happening at each chronos, kairos, kairos moment on this earth. And there's so, you know, there's so many things going on. There's so many things that the Lord needs us to speak life into, to speak his kingdom purposes into. We need to be obviously continually aware of being the cornerstone of his kingdom on earth. You know, Jesus, no, he is the chief cornerstone. That's correct. But how do we interact with this earth as a cornerstone as well? Earth is a little broad, but you follow my yellow brick road, I think. So um, so no matter who you are or where you've been and where you're going, you've always had some form of cornerstone that's like that, that, that firm foundation, so to speak, but that place that you have a position in the spirit or even in the natural. So a lot of the times we call stuff like that what, what, what is our histeme, right? What is the histeme of this house? What is the histeme of this city, of our country, of the nation? You know, what was the cornerstone for, for the, the beginning of our, our very United States of America? I think it was God. Freedom of religion, if you want to say it that way. But I, I believe it was God. Did the people that come here came here and first started the United States of America, did they understand what it meant for freedom of religion? Or were they just thinking, I'm escaping what's going on in, in England? Well, it turns out to be much more than that if you're really following the word of the Lord, if you really understand what it means to be free. So that's that's that. So I started looking at Cornerstone because I, I, was, I was trying to find more information about how to be even stronger and even firmer in my walk now. Looking in the Word of God, trying to find the rest of the story of how I'm going to make it through all the stuff that's going on, no matter what it is because that's just where my brain goes sometimes. So I found the scripture about the cornerstone, and, and the first occurrence in the New Testament is in Matthew, which I think is the first scripture on your page. Right. Thank you, Kim. So in Matthew chapter 21, there's a lot of things that Jesus is teaching, like one thing after another. We don't know the time period between each thing, but... It's like he's just here and we're just we're just gonna gonna teach you. So the chapter starts with Jesus coming into Jerusalem. So the big the big as they call it triumphant in you know entrance. And he's on, you know, the cult and he comes comes into Jerusalem, right? And when he gets there, we know there's stuff going on in the temple that that was never intended to be there. So he's, he goes in there and he, he casts out the people. He flips over tables. I mean, talk about an entry, right? I mean, wow, here I am. Oh, what are you doing here? Get out, kind of a thing. Okay, takes care of business there, right? And the next thing you know, he's out walking around and he's cursing a fig tree. All of these things are very significant in the, in the kingdom of God and in the walk as a son, Understanding those things that are important and those things that are that I'm not going to say not. He focused on those things that were important, and each time laying down, you know that that legoing more of a foundation of who he is and who we are with him. Again, this is a perfect example for us, as usual, for sons to follow the son. Every place you go. 
all, all the things going on around you is an opportunity not only for you to see how God's working, but for you to lay a foundation of his kingdom on this earth. It's great to tell people. That's absolutely part of it too. But the partnership we have with the Father in speaking what we see is extraordinarily upped <laughs> nowadays because of we see and we understand speaking his truth anywhere while we're here in prayer, even while driving down the road, is so very important. So I drive to, to church by myself, which is not necessarily bad at all. A little bit of a long trip. Used to have a, I used to have a partner. I don't have a partner now, but I still have a partner because I still have the Lord. And he just fills me with things to pray and declare. And that's just as important as, as anything else when, especially these days, to stop or stamp out or kick the enemy and his thoughts for this earth. And they are, they're monstrous. There's no other way around it to say it, but that way. And how long have we lived on this earth and not seen it? I've only been 60 years here, and I understand that as a baby I might not have seen it, but I've been all this time and I, I have not seen and understood the, how, what a monster the enemy really is in so many, in so many ways. And, and he doesn't worry about people that don't look at it, that don't care about it, or just, I'm just getting through life. Oh, that's just the way it is. Okay. Yeah, you know, it is. That's the way it is. However, as a son, we have declarative powers that the enemy does not want activated. And hey, guess what? They're activated. We're just, like I said, we're just like the cornerstone. We're at these juncture points and we're going to use our voice and our intercession to declare the word of the Lord, to declare the life that God has for this for this place. And we're not gonna we're not gonna just kind of keep on walking. Da, da, da. We're gonna walk with purpose. Okay, so and Jesus gets questioned by the priests and the elders um about why he what what authority does he really have? And I'm still in Matthew twenty one, just walking down to where we're gonna go. And who gave him that authority? So the you know, people will be doing that as well to us. Who are you? Who are you to be saying these things? Why do you think it's okay that you say them? Not going to happen in our gatherings with saints. Most people aren't going to, that come to the saints' gatherings, no matter where it's at, what country, they're not going to be going, well, maybe they will, but who are you? Who, who gave you? You know, who died and made you boss? Who made you king? You know, it's the, the authority that God has given us. It's the, the power that he's given us to, to operate in his kingdom. So he talks to the, talks to the, well, whoever's around and starts laying down some parables, right? And then we get to this area of scripture. So a lot of Matthew 21 is in red. So like I said, there's a lot of words being spoken by the Lord. So Jesus is dealing with these people and, you know, his disciples are there too, but he's dealing with these people and he starts off and he says, Jesus says unto them, did you never read in the scriptures, the stone, which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. That is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in your eyes. So he's asking them, have you guys ever heard this thing? So I was like, all right, I know that means there's scripture somewhere that talks about this. So I start looking for this exact wording or somewhere close to it. The first word for cornerstone, first time you see cornerstone in scripture is all the way back in Job. But it's not these words. The, so I look and, and you can see on your scripture sheet, which I guess I had one, but now where is it? That I put two of them on here. And they're in, their old, they're in the Old Testament so one is the one in Psalms that you have on your sheet, and the other one is in Isaiah. So Psalms is more of a, a declarative type scripture, and Isaiah is more of a prophetic word. 
So Jesus obviously knows his word, right? He knows the scripture because he's, hey, check it out. Have you guys never heard this one? And he goes on to say in verse 43, Therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. Well, who's he talking to? For the most part, he's talking to the Jews. The people that occupy area of Jerusalem, that was the Jews. I mean, there were other people there, but for the most part. And verse 44, he says, And whosoever shall fall on this, on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. Didn't say that the Sadducees and Pharisees or the chief priests took him for a prophet. They said that the people did. Now, this basically the same story is told in Mark chapter 12 and in Luke chapter 20. Please feel free to go read that. And the, the, the so similar in the wording that's used and all, it's almost like they were sitting next to each other at a desk and they cheated off each other. So they could get it, we'll get it all the same. Write it all down. But, you know, with their own little flavor, because Mark didn't write like Luke, who didn't write like Matthew. It's not in John. So, so Jesus was, in, you know, laying down, I'm going to say laying down the law. And it's much, it's not really, really harsh, 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 harsh. But if you read this, he's being very blunt with the people. And we did just read it, so we're going to read it again. So when you, we start off with Jesus says unto them, that first word says is the word Lego. So we know he's giving them some foundational information. This needs to be something that you stand on. And he's talking to them about, you know, did you never read in the scripture the stone which the builders rejected? So first of all, the word stone there is just, Really, it's just a stone. It's not any great depth of scripture changing anything. I mean, it's a stone. It could be a building stone, but it's a stone. It could be a small stone, but it's a stone. And then in my concordance, in our concordance, it says metaphorically, this is speaking of Christ. I found that interesting that they said Christ and not Jesus Christ. So... We are a stone. Not that we didn't know that. (laughs) So it goes on to say, the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. So we understand building because that's part of what we do. We build the kingdom of God or rebuild, restore the kingdom of God on behalf of what he needs done, on behalf of what's happening, what's happening now. Uh, so we're, we are, we are building up the people that are building up what's going on in those days and times. So much was centered on, shall we say religion, but so much was centered on God and the people in the old Testament believe that they were following, you know, the, the old Testament scriptures, the Torah, all those kinds of things with, with all they have. Jesus is saying, that is just, that's just wonderful. But do you, do you recall what it's really talking about? Are you understanding what was said then and now what's being said? How they come together as one truth, one scripture. I think that's the right way of saying it. So what he's telling them, though, is the people that have been building even from the time of Isaiah where the prophetic word was written, they rejected They rejected the stone. They rejected that cornerstone. They rejected that positioning, that place that God wanted them to be. This is your position. We're going to build around that. They, they rejected it. So that word rejected is such an interesting word. And mm, I'll try to say it. Ap-ad-ak-i-madzo. <laughs> But 
you know, on the surface, it means to just to disapprove or to reject. If you keep going, you keep going to the, to the rest of the story, then you understand that it's an examination or a testing of something or someone to prove that it is what it says it is, that it is the truth, that it is, it is what it says it is. And, and you do that by exposing it through your eyes. So your eyes, it's being exposed. This is how you see what's happening. And then you make that decision of rejecting or not rejecting. So it's, it's a lot more than just, I reject you. It is, I won't say thoughtful, but it is a process that you, that you walk through. And according to the scripture in Isaiah, and according to what is happening in the time that Jesus spoke this, this was happening. People were rejecting the cornerstone. They were rejecting Jesus, but they were rejecting how God was building his kingdom on this earth. They were rejecting sonship. And Jesus was saying, hey, this is going on. Have you? I know you read that scripture. I'm telling it to you again. Where are you? Where are you? So he goes on and he says in verse 43, therefore say I unto you. So there we go. Say there is the word Lego. So he's Legoing more. The kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. Now, this is one of those times where you hear the whole crowd go, what? I don't know how big of a crowd there was, but there's, there is, there it's got to be a measure of disbelief in what he just said, because Israel was all that in a bag of chips. And then the whole Roman empire was over Israel. So who are you, what, what are you talking about? Are you talking about Rome? Are they going to get all of this? No, no, there's no way. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking. I'm just kind of winging it here. But who was he talking to? And you know, when you look up the word nation, let me make sure I get this. It's the word ethnos. So it's a race, a tribe. It was people that are considered foreigners because they're not Jewish. Was he talking about one specific nation or was he talking about the tribe of sons that he was establishing? That, that Jesus was coming to bring it, bring it on, to let everybody, this is it. And that we were going to be the continuation of the cornerstone story throughout the rest of history. We were going to be the ones that stood in those places at those important juncture points and declare the word of the Lord and form those continuing walls that are connected from one wall to the next wall to the next wall, building the kingdom of God. Yes, please. Yeah, you might as well, she's not, because, <laughs> go ahead. I just thought it was interesting as well, because for corner, it also talks about a secret place, and it roots to a word that means to kneel or to bow, mm -hmm. which, you know, taking on the commissioning. So because they had rejected that point of commissioning for what the Father intended from the beginning of time, because the word genomae is used um, for become, and even when it says this is the Lord's doing, it's Genemai, you know, so those things that God intended for them from the beginning, from the beginning, they yeah. weren't submitting to partner with and receive the commissioning. So therefore he was going to give it to those who would. Absolutely. Those that are committed. Lord is the same as Adonai. Oh, well, no, she can't. She talk. said, Lord is the same as Adonai. So it's talking about positioning. Yes. Did you jump over to the old Testament and find that out? No, I just know Curios is the same as Adonai. It is. So she's saying, you know, the word Lord is, is Adonai, which is Curios. And she, absolutely, positively, we're talking about that level of authority and that level of power. So when you read what, what, the Lord, what the Lord is saying, what Jesus is saying in the scripture, you have an understanding of what's happening even now in this, in this nation and ha what's happening even now on, in this world. There are... And we can see it clearly. Millions of people that are rejecting the concept of God. And let's even go to the, keep it simple, the rejecting the concept of good and evil, of Tob and Ra. They're just, everything that's good is evil and everything that's evil is good. I mean, we're in almost in a society that's very much like that. 
Does it have to stay that way? Absolutely not. Are we going to let it stay that way? Absolutely not. Because we're going to be a cornerstone. We're speaking forth the word of the Lord. We are dedicated to him. He's given us that commission. We are that cornerstone. We are a son of God. And so for us, understanding the cornerstone is probably not as mind-boggling at all or blowing our mind as much. But understanding that we are a cornerstone is something that we just take up the banner and we just keep going. Because we're functioning in many ways like that. So it goes on to say, and I know I'm missing a lot of things, but you guys will keep studying because if you, you'll find this interesting, you'll keep studying. In verse 44 it says, And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Sounds very painful. Yes, sounds very painful indeed. No matter how you slice it, it's painful. But we, we want to fall on the stone and be broken. I mean, as a son, that, that's absolutely what we want. But also, I'm just saying, the concept of being ground into powder, that's contrite spirit, right? That's something that we also desire. So I'm reading this saying, well, I, that, that's kind of what I want. But Jesus is also saying, hey, if you're going to reject this calling, then guess what's going to happen at more than one point in your life? But guess what's going to happen? Now, people that listened to this, who heard this, had choices to make right then. But are there people out in this world reading this scripture and going, Oh, yeah, sure, it's going to fall on me, or I'm going to fall on it. No, we're going to be, we're going to, well, in so many ways, set that example. But this is the kinds of things that we speak upon. We are going to be that stone that falls on people, not in a way like I'm all excited. Okay, like, la, 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 I'm going to fall on you and break you. No, all from a spiritual, absolutely, son of God, what's who we are type of a thing. We're bringing to the world the brokenness that's found in the Lord. We're bringing to the world that contrite of spirit that's found in the Lord. That's what we bring. That's the, the, what we declare. That's what we intercede. That's what we speak. That's what we share. And I think the, the amount of people that the Lord is going to bring to us to, to touch, to speak, to be in their presence, this concept is just going to be, you know, it's going to be big. I mean, just, just talking about Brazil, there's just so many people that are, that, are try, that are trying, I say trying, to get on board with what's going on. And, and, you know, you even talk to some of the leaders at times, they feel... Like not overwhelms, not the right word, but they're like, wow, we're just, we're just, we're just, they're just booking it. They're just like tumbling down the, the hill and they're, and they're, they're understanding, but then they get a more understanding and more understanding just like we did, but it seems like a quickening, a little more rapidness. We are going to have an impact in that. I mean, whether we go specifically to any spot or not, the sons of God throughout the earth in our prayer and intercession, and that was one of the things I was praying today, the people that want a closer relationship with God, that are, hunger, are hungering more for him, the Lord will touch them and speak to them. And they will, be, they will get there as they continue to seek with all their heart. Just like we did, yet we had lots of help. And we still have lots of help. I don't want to not have help. I think there's people that are going to that are going to hear this message directly from the Lord. So, verse 45. Did I say what I needed to say there? Oh yeah, whomsoever shall fall. That was in verse 44. That word is pipto, which I think is a very funny word. I mean, the word sounds funny, right? But when you look at the definition, it's Descending from an upright or an erect position to a prostrate position. Right? All been there and done that. And do it 
Yeah. Just thought, how cool is that? That God's, you know, he's got it all covered. (laughs) All right. So then in verse 45, let me go back to that. Oh, what happened to my scripture sheet? Okay. In verse 45, it says, and when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard his parable, they perceived that he spake of them. Now, sometimes people call that being a conceited person. You're talking about me. Why are you talking about me? Well, they absolutely knew that he was legoing to them. That's what was happening. And it was interesting that they recognized it, but what did they do? What was their choice? Let the stone fall on me. Let the phone stall, let stone all fall on the stone. Those were his choice, their choices, but what did they do? But when they sought to lay hands on him, all right, there we are right there. They wanted to grab a hold of what, what he was representing. I'm not going to say just him necessarily, but they probably thought it was, I'm a, we need to grab this Jesus dude and we need to take him out. That, that was their thought. And you think about on the earth today that so many people have that same attitude. I, I want to grab a hold of what you think is important. I want to chuck it out the window. I want to shout you down or I want to whatever. I mean, it's so interesting how people think they have a right for this or that. And I'm like, just uh, all I want is what God wants. That's, that's the only right that I, that, yeah, what he wants. What's he want? That's what, it's, it's just not that way. I mean, how many telegrams have we gotten, Vicky, with people shouting at each, trying to shout down someone who's talking, speaking the truth? It's going to go for it? Uh, it's, just, it's just another indication of uh, what we have present day is censorship of misinformation. <laughs> yes. Censorship. Cancel culture. The first cancel culture that existed was back in the time of Jesus. We're going to cancel you. More than that, we're going to kill you. Okay? All right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, there is nothing new under the sun. Go ahead, Adrian. You already, it was back to verse 44. And it was just interesting because, I mean, you touched on it, but I was just looking at the word broken. And while it does talk about crushing or dashing, Mm -hmm. it roots to the word sin, which also talks about a union with or a completeness. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, if we fall on him, then we're going to be made whole and complete. There's, because it talks about a, um, a union that's closer than, you know, like, being one. Right. And then, but on whoever it shall fall and grind to powder, that's that winnowing process. You know, the one that's ground has to have that stuff blown away that doesn't align with Talk about that winnowing because you taught about that. Right. Very cool. Exactly. Ah, Okay. Where are we at? Oh, 46. Right. Do we finish 45? Yes. And when they sought to lay hands on. So, Anybody look up that word to lay hands? It's the word krateo. You guys remember that word? It's one of those power words, right? Kratos, krateo. Um, They were, in so many ways, usurping or attempting to usurp the authority and the power that has been placed not necessarily Jesus, but on the message, on the idea and understanding of who we are, who God is. You're that cornerstone. You're going to either be crushed or you're going to be broken. If you're of someone that follows Jesus and understands that, then the crushed and the broken is, but otherwise it's going to suck. I said that quiet enough, Vicki, right? <laughs> it's going to really stink. It's really going to be a difficult time. Um, you, when you that crushed and broken, you just think, you know, without the context of knowing that it actually brings wholeness, that it actually brings a completeness of who we, you've been created to be, it is scary. And it does look like, well, this is the end of it after this, if there's nothing left. And so the truth that we bring as those in authority and in, in power it really, it comes up against that darkness 
and it's a crushing of that darkness. But if you're not privy to know the truth and know that it's really that which gives you freedom, then you think that the crushing of your darkness is the end of you. That's right. And you, and you have the kind of view of what did I do wrong? What did I, you know, what? Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I think you also have to be open to wanting God. Yes. To wanting what he wants. And outside of that, there's nothing but your own control. Mm-hmm. So you either have to control your life and not want God, or you give up control of your life because you want God. Yep. You have to stay hungry. <clears throat> and you see that with people who've been even presented with the elements of this walk or the invitation, and they've said, oh, that's not what I signed up for, or that sounds like I have to give up everything. Well, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. It's not a. It's not like a punishment. And boy, have we? I don't know about you guys, but I. I think I've really changed how my mind processes things now than the way I used to be. Because I mean, let's be honest. If you grow up Catholic, part of your cornerstone was if you did something wrong, you paid for it immediately. Flat tire, run out of gas. Again, I always use that flat tire example. You know, you get in an accident. You know. You get fired or, I mean, whatever it is, you automatically think that. When you walk and get more mature, which I can't believe I'm saying that, but you get more mature, you go, oh, okay, so what, what do I need to learn? That's, that's where we're at. We're going to be a happy river. What's going on? What's really going on, God? I'm, I want to flow with you. I'm working. What's really going on? And, and instead of trying harder, we start asking God, and and then the wisdom comes, the revelation comes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there is something to be said about being young and stupid, but there's a lot more to be said about being mature and wise. Let me just add to what I said is not a one off. It's it's a continual you oh, know, yeah. it's a continual state we have to be wanting what God wants. Absolutely. And, you know, if you wonder why you're not understanding stuff or you feel like you're not quite where you're supposed to be, I can point out a specific thing for me is that I'm not spending time with God. I'm not hungry for what he's doing. I'm not hungry for the word, but I'm not hungry for what's going on, what's really going on. And that's part of my shifting of thinking. It's not what's going on with me. It's, Lord, what are you doing in the earth? I don't want to have to understand everything, but I want to understand what I need to know. And that comes back to your positioning. You know, who are you? You know, who did God create you to be? But you're here. What's your positioning? What's, what's your prayer? What's your intercession? And the Lord just fills you with understanding. Okay. We're going to go to the next scripture because we're, oh, wait. One more thing. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. That word they took is the word echo. How was that for nifty? They were echoing the the concept and the idea and the thought and apparently believing it that Jesus was a prophet, is a prophet. Okay, next page. I mean, sorry, next scripture, next page on my sheet, next scripture is from Psalms 118, 22, and 23. It says, The stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. So this is, this is directly what Jesus said. Just throw that anywhere. <laughs> this is directly what Jesus said. And, and so... In so many ways, he's reiterating, repeating, but obviously it's a message that God wants everyone to know. So people that throw out the Old Testament and just are a New Testament church, that's awesome, but and I'll say half. That's only half the story because you, have, you go and find what's going on in the Old Testament and things that occurred, teachings that happened, writings that happened. You know, even the Psalms is so awesome, Proverbs, etc. all these places, and they give you even more richer information, shall we say. But the word, the reason I put this in here was because I really want to understand the word marvelous. 
We've talked about it before, and it's used in the New Testament, in Jesus' thing, marvelous in your eyes, that kind of a thing. But you, you see it in the Old Testament, and the word for marvelous in the Old Testament is the word pala, P-A-L-A. And it, you know, bottom line, it's something wondrous, all that kind of stuff. But if you read and you look at it from a, from a sonship standpoint, you see that marvelous is a fulfillment of a vow or an ongoing act of God among a committed people. So when we get, went to Brazil in, in July, June, Kim, when we went to Brazil in June, it was a marvelous event. It was a vow that God had given, had made, a, a good portion of it understood by, by the Father's Church, by Pastor Ron. There's going to be an army raised in South America. There was, this, is the, this was the beginning of that being fulfilled. But we were there partnering with that, with that kingdom perspective, that kingdom promise that God gave us. So it was an absolute ongoing act of God that we were a part of. And he does that with those that are committed to him. So it's, you know, you look at the year that's coming, and I don't know where everything's going, everyone's going, da 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 But just in South America, holy mackinoli. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a marvelous thing. So whenever Larry says, it's a marvelous thing when he's teaching, please go back and refer, refer to, just kidding. We're, we're part of what God is doing. He's working among us. It's like a, a palal... I can't even say it right. Give me a second so my brain gets there. A palal engagement, a palal partnership that we're a part of, a marvelous partnership that we're part of. You know that scripture that says the violence, uh, the kingdom. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. The kingdom suffers violence, and the yep. violent take it by force. That one, and um, it just reminds me of what you're talking about. This stone and the people's reaction, and it's that battle between uh, what you were saying. They're having a they were convicted in their hearts and they knew it, but they were still in that mindset that prohibited that kind of thinking. So there was that violence and that's what uh, we're seeing everywhere. And so even in Brazil, you know, the people's hearts, it's, it's flipped for them. Their hearts are in the right place and their minds are trying to reach out. And that's what we're seeking. Those who will reach out, but it is still going to be violent, I think. And it's also still going to be uh, a spiritual, I mean, that's what you're affirming. You're affirming that we have um, taken the steps to set the spiritual stage that will free up those kind of moves of the Lord. Yeah. It's interesting how things are, are flipped. Your turn. I was just going to say another way to, to say that because this is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. Is It's his plan that, that we begin to distinguish in our advancement in grace because that word eyes is ayin. Mm. So it's we're we're beginning to to see it un, um, unfold, mm -hmm. his plan unfold on that pathway of grace. Yeah, it's amazing. There's people that have seen have seen this throughout time. I mean, it's not like suddenly us people can see it and all them people didn't. There's been people that I know have seen it throughout, and and Father just continues to reveal it, and He has no problem doing it over and over. And over again. Sometimes we're a little thick-headed or something, or we look in, look in the wrong way. So, okay. So then let's go to the last scripture, because we're kind of out of time. I'm going to read. I made some notes, and I'm going to do my best to read it. And Isaiah 28, 14 to 17. Wherefore, Shema the Debar of the Lord, Jehovah, ye scornful men that rule this people, which is in Jerusalem, because you have said, we have made a covenant with death and with hell. Are we at agreement? We're going to talk about that one more right there in a second. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us, for we have made lies, idols, our refuge, 
And under falsehood, you know, that faulty deception, that sham that we live, have we hid ourselves. Tell me that this does not make sense to you in the world today. Therefore, thus says the Lord, that word Lord is Adonai, God, Jehovah, so Adonai, Jehovah, behold, I establish, I have laid in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believes shall not make haste. He that believes shall not make haste. He that believes shall not be bothered. I I don't know a better way of saying it. I'm not going to be excited to move faster or excited to move slower or anything else like that. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm steadfast. I'm in the right place. I'm, I'm standing in the right area. We are deeply rooted and grounded in the agape of the father in his purpose. These things will not bother us. We'll see them, but they're not going to bother us. Judgment also will I lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, that place of idols, and the water shall overflow the hiding place. So that hiding place, and tell me this doesn't sound, it's that facade that many, 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 many people use where they believe they have the truth, but it's the earthly truth. It's not the truth of the Lord. And your covenant with death shall be disannulled, And your agreement with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing, when the washing away, when the engulfing of the scourge shall pass through, then you shall be trodden down by it. This is pretty blunt. This is Isaiah being, I mean, the Lord through Isaiah's writing being very blunt. And again, talking about the cornerstone with some characteristics that that we know about and understand being a tried stone, so being a a precious cornerstone, being a sure foundation. We have that in the Lord, and we understand that, and that's how we've gotten to where we are. But you are a tried stone. You have gone through testing. You have gone through um, the the trying part. You have gone through. You're not complacent. You have have the, the grit, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, but I only have three minutes left. You know, you are the valuable, that's that precious, you are the valuable stone. You are the rare stone. You're that diamond in the rough, as they say. The scripture talks about that we are a diamond. We we are a precious stone in the eyes of God. But on the earth, we might, we're going to be misunderstood, but we are still a precious stone in the kingdom of heaven on the earth for the kingdom of God. And you are that What's the last one? Sure foundation. Yeah. You have been established. You have been set. That's what we started this whole thing talking about, being that cornerstone. Being that, and, and you know, it can be any kind of building. I go back to it again. It can be anything. But what do you, what are you going to establish it all on? Okay. Your covenant with death shall be disannulled. It'll be purged. It will be done. It will be over. It will be covered. You can't what? Yeah, world can't see. Seek, sorry. Save. Save. The world can't save. I don't even know. The world can't save is the right way to say it. So this is, you know, Jesus speaking a prophecy that was spoken back in the time of Isaiah. And all of this in Isaiah that you read, and you can go read the rest of Isaiah 28 if you want to, but all of this being spoken. And then there's other places in Scripture, and I wrote them down, but didn't get to them because I said I'm not going to go crazy with it. There's other places in the in the um, New Testament and Old Testament, but in the New Testament where it speaks specifically about this cornerstone and about Jesus being the cornerstone. So, it, by the way, Ephesians 2.20 is where it specifically states that. I can just say one thing. The only sure place to be right now on this earth is in sonship, is in relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. in that way. There is no other, there is no other place. Right. I, don't, I don't care where you are in the church. 
I'm not even talking about people that aren't saved. Yes. There is no other place that is safe. And by safe, I don't mean, oh, I'm not going to die. I mean, there's no other place where it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you die mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're dying anyway, you know. I mean, that's got to be our mentality yep. for the purpose of God, for the calling of God, for the intent and the will of God. And there is no other place that offers provision or safety or protection or confidence. commune or yep. confidence. Yes, anything. Any, it's, it really is our sure, our sure nail. It, it absolutely is. I, I, yeah, I don't want to be anywhere else either because I can't imagine trying to process everything that's going on or just my life, processing it without him, without the, the, the sonship, without the cornerstone. It would be haywire. It would be haywire. It would be, you want to talk about, you know, anxiety. People talk about anxiety a lot. A lot. A lot more than everybody used to. I remember having anxiety problems before I was a believer. And in the morning, it would, it would make me so ill, I couldn't even move. I, I didn't want to move. Just leave me alone. I'm, I'm just going to die here, which is a silly thing to say. But when you have that much anxiety, you know, but the only place is is here. The only place is at the cornerstone. The only place is in the middle of in the middle of sonship. Go ahead. Well, I was just thinking too about how things have um, progressed so rapidly over just the last three years or so, spiritually mm-hmm. and physically. And you can almost see that this, um, I don't want to say COVID itself, but this strategy of the enemy, this evil thing that he released, which I know he's got several more things up his sleeve as well, but that, that, that was kind of like a transition or transition point in many ways. Yes, mm-hmm. there was anxiety, but it kind of opened up the gates for like this flood of anxiety to come in on people. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I read about that all the time, about all the way down to kids. Yes. You know, what they, they blame it, okay, it was because they weren't in school and it was this. But I mean, really, it's, it's a spiritual stupor or whatever that's come over the earth, over people. And the only really way to combat it is to have an intimate relationship with a father. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can't, you can scream at the TV. I don't watch TV. You can scream at the screen, whatever video you might be watching where people are expressing these things, and it doesn't it doesn't help them at all. It doesn't. What helps them is interceding and declaring, interceding on their behalf. Father, we thank you for this lovely day and this awesome word that you have shown forth and given to us. Father, I pray for anyone that's listening, everyone that's here. And I declare over all of the saints around the world that tonight before they go to bed, as they drift off to sleep, that a hunger for more of you and your word and your truth will just be planted as they drift off. And then in the morning, the first thing when they wake up, Lord, let it be that they wake up to you and to a hunger and a thirst for more of you. We must continue as, as your sons as your anointed cornerstones, as your anointed sons, to live life that you've given us, to live, um, to live that 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 life where you have determined for us to be, where you have given us this position. Our entire structure is positioned in heaven. Let us bring heaven to earth to establish your kingdom here, Father. We will not let the enemy. Win. I'll just be blunt. We will not let the enemy win. We will continue to pray and pray, and 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 that will be our strength. Our strength will come from our intercession and our prayer and our intimate time with you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. I didn't get to add the other part. I forgot about the other part. I was going to add is this has all been unleashed because the enemy is seeing what is being accomplished by the saints. He's seeing how things are moving and the, and the pace that's picked up, yes. what God is doing. And I think that's, that's why we're seeing this type of stuff. Uh, more unbelief. I'm kind of, sometimes I'm a little shocked at like just some of the things I hear, although I, I'm not, you know what I mean? I, I mean, like I'm part of this mom's group that talks on Facebook and you've got some people that interject about their worship of Baphomet. I mean, they're just saying, I worship Satan. 
you know, and that's just, they cover it over with, oh, it's not what you think it is. It's all about your feelings and about this wonderful, I mean, the enemy knows his time is short. And I'm not saying that to say he has no power, but I'm saying he is observing what is being accomplished in the realm spiritually by the saints. And so there is that threat. We are that, that constant threat. And he's, he's just watching the things start to move by and he knows enough to know when to ramp things up when his kingdom is being threatened. Yep. His kingdom is definitely being threatened. Thank you.